King, you have summoned me. What is it? Take this here vibranium to the Brother Miles as a gift from the people of Wakanda. Go and bring him the vibranium mic. He will use it wisely. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro. That's absolutely nothing. What did you do before you were named a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have there? Ask Professor Maurice Miles Martinez, MC Brother Miles, and he'll tell you like it really is. You can shackle the hands of black people. You can jail the bodies of black people. But you cannot shackle or jail the minds of black people. Rise up, black man, black woman, and reach to go back to Africa. My father was a Garveyite. Thus, Marcus Garvey can be thought of as my grandfather. But when you say, I've read in... Dr. Ben's book, or I've read in Dr. Ivan Van Sertima's book, or I've read in Professor Maurice Miles Martinez's book, they say, don't speak that information in here. Brothers and sisters, speak your truth to the world. Brother Miles, the black man's truth is here. The Real Wakandas of Africa podcast. History is a clock that people use to tell their political, economic, and cultural time of day. Brother Miles, the relationship of history to the people is the same as the relationship of a mother to her child. Free at last and proud to be black. One day, Miles, will be free at last. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast, the place where black history, hip-hop, and spoken word come together. I'm your host, Maurice Miles Martinez, also known as MC Brother Miles. At the end of each podcast, we have an original spoken word poetry or hip-hop track by myself. My grandmother, Mildred Martinez, or Mildred Martinez, as the name is said in New Orleans, Louisiana, started the first black kindergarten in New Orleans. She started it in 1934, and it was only shut down with the flood waters of Hurricane Katrina in 2005. She taught five-year-olds in the black community to do single and double-digit addition and subtraction, and to read, which was far ahead of its time. Kindergartners at this time did not do this type of mathematics, and they did not learn how to read. This was only done and added recently to the educational process, meaning in the last few decades in the United States of America. However, the reason I raised this topic today was because Hurricane Katrina actually shut down the kindergarten after my uncle had taken it over in the year 2005. I brought this up because I want to address Hurricane Katrina and its impact on New Orleans, specifically on public housing in New Orleans. And this ties into something known as Milton Friedman's Shock Doctrine, which was written about in a book by the same name. Friedman argued that when there are shocks to society, like hurricanes or wars, it offers a tremendous opportunity to remake the society. And in this way, New Orleans was remade. They privatized the entire school system after Hurricane Katrina. Not only that, but people who lived in public housing 
who were disproportionately black were saying after Hurricane Katrina that they wanted to remake their homes into a golf course. Now that sounds really strange and really crazy to many people, but that's exactly what they did under this shock doctrine to black people's homes in New Orleans, Louisiana. The St. Bernard Public Housing Development was replaced with a golf course and a mixed income complex. So what did this mean? How much money was spent doing this? Now, in my book, The Real Wakandas of Africa, which is a debate between Dr. John Henry Clark and Herman Cain, I explain this through the voice of Dr. Clark. In New Orleans, they tore down all of the projects that were made from brick and were still deemed to be sturdy after Katrina. The federal government estimated that it would take $131 million to rehab the projects and substantially improve them. The housing authority determined that to remove the 920 homes and to construct 685 new homes, it would cost $191 million. So it was cheaper to rehabilitate and improve the old homes. Now keep in mind that there were 920 families in the projects before the new homes were built. And the new homes were constructed with the purpose of eliminating the poor from them because only 685 were erected. A total of $440 million in government money was given to the developers. They made people reapply to live in the new buildings, excluded everyone who had a criminal record, and required everyone who lived in the new complex to have a job and good credit. Without even considering the impact that the disenfranchisement of black men had upon the exclusion of former residents, do you know how many people don't have good credit who are poor? Because of these policies, only 125 of the 920 families, or about 1 in 8 people that lived in the projects before Katrina, were admitted to the new homes. In fact, George W. Bush's housing secretary, Alfonso Jackson, resigned because he was being investigated about a number of contracts, including the one involving Hurricane Katrina's privatization of housing projects. Now, I want to say that each of our political parties addresses housing in America from different angles. Republicans, generally speaking, want to eliminate public housing, and Democrats want to keep it and build more of it. I was listening to a show on WBAI New York about five years ago that dealt with housing. Now, WBAI New York is a great resource for information. I want to say that first. But the person who was calling at the time said that they lived in Brooklyn. So they lived in Brooklyn, in a Brooklyn apartment, and they were being evicted. Now, I won't go into the details about why they were being evicted, but there was no way around it, and they had to find a new place. They paid $2,000 per month at the time for their two-bedroom rent. Now, the host of the show was so focused on trying to suggest another place to rent that they completely neglected the fact that there were houses in Brooklyn in the Bronx at the time that people could have purchased with a mortgage, including taxes, PMI, for less than $2,000 a month. A whole house. So this is where the mark has been missed by public housing advocates and those only looking to push people into renting and continually renting. What we should be advocating for 
for black people is to own their own homes and to own their own housing units like condos and co-ops if they can't own their own house. So what I'm going to tell you is that both approaches by Democrats and Republicans are not correct for black people in America. And the reason they're not correct is that they don't promote home ownership. And this can be seen during Hurricane Katrina, as the character Dr. John Henry Clark explains in my book, The Real Wakandas of Africa. After Hurricane Katrina, there was a major national housing crisis during the Great Recession. Thus, homes could have been purchased and built for less than half the price. Instead of building only 685 homes for $642,335 each, they could have built multi-million dollar mansions for all 920 families on the site of the previous homes and the golf course. Because of the recession, these million dollar mansions would have cost $478,260 each. We're talking about very large five and six bedroom homes with no mortgage and no rent for life. The only thing that would be due would be housing taxes and the city could have waived them, subsidized them, or had residents pay a nominal fee for them. Today they subsidize the homes and pay for some of them entirely through Section 8. And so they are still paying for them through public funding. Home ownership would have economically freed future generations in the same way that future generations of people who buy homes are freed by using the equity in their homes for upward mobility, such as sending their children to college. Those homes would be worth $1 million in today's prices. Instead, that money ended up in some wealthy people's pockets and some workers' pockets. Even for the original $131 million that it would have taken to rehabilitate the projects, they could have built 920 homes for $148,000 each on the land where the projects and golf course are today. To add to this fact, planners might have built 1,435 homes at the $131 million price tag for $91,286 each, which is more than all the livable and unlivable homes that were originally in the projects. When one considers that they actually spent $440 million on these homes, they could have built 5,740 homes for $76,665 each, which is every one of the 4,820 homes in the Lower Ninth Ward before Hurricane Katrina hit, and every one of the 920 homes in the housing project near the golf course. Owning the homes would lead to more economic freedom for residents in New Orleans. Additionally, it would have created more jobs to construct the homes. Instead, 11,600 people became homeless after Katrina. Finally, I'd like to say that the home is pivotal to transferring wealth in black America. But through a number of discriminatory measures, such as federally backed loans that did not allow whites to resell their homes to blacks, Latinos, or Jews, 
and through redlining, black people were kept from owning their own homes. And many of these policies continue. These policies actually continue through the appraisal process. Black people's homes are appraised at lower prices than are white people's homes, even if they are in the same community and are the same square footage with the same amenities like same style kitchens and bathrooms. And the only time this is really uncovered, as it was recently, is when you have like a mixed race couple and they come into the home and when they see that a black person lives there, they appraise the home as less. And then they've taken down all the pictures, right, and only put up white pictures, which they shouldn't have to do. And then when they come back to appraise the home, or another appraiser comes into the home, they appraise the home at at tens of thousands or sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars higher. Now, if you want to do more research about this, there are several articles online that actually discuss a mixed-race couple from Jacksonville, Florida, that had to go through this process. They had to take down all of their family's pictures that resembled black family members just to get a higher appraisal and after the first appraisal came in low they had a second appraiser come in and got a higher appraisal after taking down the pictures and this is not in 1953 or something this is in 2020 now i think that it's very important as you can tell from this podcast for black people to own their own homes so do your research prices are at a very high point now but they're going to be coming down over the coming months and years. So when the price is right, actually make your move and buy your own home. This ultimately leads to economic freedom. As always, we conclude the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast with an original spoken word poetry or hip-hop track by myself, Maurice Miles Martinez, MC Brother Miles. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you own a home, then you'll have your own area and place. Hence, then you don't have to worry about who is going to pay the rent. But black people were kept from paying the rent. And so they had to spend what they spent, which filled the pockets of those landlords that came and they went. Hurricane Katrina 2005, public housing left us deprived and just checked the jive. They built a golf course 
and kept out previous residents, so they moved under I-10 because there was no place else to rent. Some still live under I-10 in 2022, and instead of paying the rent, they have to live in tents. Tent cities only exacerbated by the pandemic. I've seen this with my eyes in New Orleans. This is an epidemic. So as you swing your golf club and sip Starbucks from your environmentally sound cup, my people are screaming in the nights from the lack of love, from the lack of money, and the desire to privatize the educational system from New Orleans, the home of jazz, black culture, just listen, but now the home of black people and jazz is also the home of people called white supremacy's children. But let that not get you down, for you must rise up from your tent laden ground and you will rise to your own home on your own land where your children will grow and you will flourish and reap what you sow so go and do it brothers and sisters go and own Thank you for listening to the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast. If you like listening to this podcast, you can now support it by becoming a direct supporter of the weekly podcast. You can donate at the $4.99 level, and if you don't have as much money, you can support it for as little as $1 per month. Please click the link at the end of the description on my podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on. The link will take you to my Anchor.fm podcast page, which is powered by Spotify. If you scroll down on my Anchor.fm page, you will see a button which says support. Anyone who supports at the $9.99 level monthly, I will send you an autographed copy of my book, The Real Wakandas of Africa, Dr. John Henry Clark versus Herman Cain, if you email me. If you support me at the $9.99 level, you will need to email me the address that you want the book sent to at Martinez at gmail.com and I will send you an autographed copy of my book. Again, that email is Martinez at gmail.com M-A-U-R-I-C-E-M-I-L-E-S-M-A-R-T-I-N-E-Z at gmail.com, all one word. And I will send you an autographed copy of the book if you support me again at the $9.99 level. You can also pick a copy of my books up on Amazon, The Real Wakandas of Africa, Dr. John Henry Clark vs. Herman Cain, The Great Wall of Africa, The Empire of Benin's 10,000-mile-long wall, and The Real Vibranium of Africa, which is also under the name The Wakandas, Real Vibranium of Africa, by myself, Maurice Miles Martinez. I have some new books coming out soon, and I will keep you updated. Thank you again for listening to the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast, and I will speak with you next week.